It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling's off today. And I gotta say I'm feeling kind of like some weird deja vu from last Monday because Greg's off. Wasn't with us last week. And uh, <laughs> once again, Loren and I find Miserable. ourselves... <laughs> We're miserable people today, and I actually cannot believe it's only been a week since that last miserable Monday. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime has passed since that Grey Cup loss, and we both just came in here hating the Monday. Yeah. And then I woke up today at 12.30, which yeah. is as long as I could sleep till, 8.30 to 12.30, body peaked at four hours, and then just lay there in misery <laughs> for three more hours until I finally just got up and got dressed. And that was me too. And then I texted, yes, I texted you and said, I'm on my way in. I'm miserable. And you're like, me too. And I thought, great. Yeah. Came in and just grunted at each other. <laughs> yeah, I went to bed at eight, woke up in a panic. Anytime I wake up not to an alarm clock, there's an immediate panic. Like, have I just slept in? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I checked my clock and it said 1230. I'm like, okay, I can go back to sleep. And then I, but I barely did. I just kind of laid there and dozed until my alarm finally did go off and give me a heart attack. So I just stayed up and uh, just sat on the couch, sort of stewing in my own <laughs> grumpiness for 45 minutes before I finally thought, okay, I guess I'll just take a shower and go to come to work. Normally so, there's such relief when you wake up and you realize, oh man, I still have like X number of hours, yeah. right? It's not like when you wake up and your alarm's about to go off in three minutes and you think, uh, I can't get anything out of these next three minutes. But I was like, I have hours here to go back to bed. You know, I don't get up until 3.15, but no. Just laid there and stressed. Yeah. So good morning, Winnipeg. <laughs> Hello Sorry. <there. laughs> well, you know, look, maybe we're not alone in this. Maybe there are others who are experiencing the same thing. And I'm wondering if uh, the fact that I can only seem to sleep for four hours at a time and not actually get a full proper sleep, maybe it has, just has to do with the fact that I've been kind of uh, kind of a bump on the log lately. I just need to start exercising a bit more or start moving a little bit more. Like I did nothing this weekend absolutely nothing. I just like spent almost the whole weekend sitting on my couch watching TV and uh, I was fine with that, but I need to like get up and move around from time to time. Ah, I don't know. I did. And look at me. Where did that get me today? Fair. We were busy all weekend moving around. Got the tree yesterday. Got the tree up. Don't have it decorated, but bought the tree. Do you want to know how much this natural tree cost? Sure. A hundred bucks. Really? Two years ago, it was 60 Last year we paid about eighty for a balsam. I think it's a balsam. And yesterday, a hundred dollars. I thought that was nuts. Oh, that's I had no idea. It's been so long since I've bought a real tree. I have no clue. Is it a big one? It's uh, seven feet tall. Okay, but not particularly full. Okay, it's nice. It's beautiful. It smells great. But I I couldn't believe the cost. We just got it locally and. And uh, happy to do it, but I that was a lot. So we'll decorate tonight. Okay. When did you put it up? Just yesterday. You're supposed to let it sit for, I think, three days, but yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> and and normally the tree is frozen or at least colder, right? But it's not, it's so mild out. Like that's one thing, I guess, to be happy about. It's so beautiful out that I feel like the tree will be good to go. Yeah, it was a mild weekend uh, for sure. It looks like it's going to start cooling off a little bit and get more into your typical seasonal, even below seasonal, like, oh my goodness, look at this Friday night. We've got a, a low of minus 25. Go away. So the standard low for this time of year is minus 15. The standard high is minus six. So mm. we're going to be a little bit below. We were, we've been above seasonal and then we're going to later this week, we're going to drop below it, but uh, whatever it's uh, we're approaching December. So there you go. Did you do any shopping this weekend other than tree shopping? I went out Friday at, 
took one of my kids in and decided to see what was out there and then got to the outlet mall and kind of just felt like I didn't have the strength to look for the deals. It wasn't overly busy. It was just, it was just busy. And there was a lineup outside a couple of stores, but I just got in there and we got what we came for. And then I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to go. But that trip to the outlet mall, I did walk into a great store called The Locals, which is filled with a ton of local goods. It's a, it's a shop that provides a space for, I think, 200 different vendors who want to sell their goods but don't want to have to pay for the store by themselves. Yeah. And so she's going to join at 737 because the local business is booming for them. And that's going to be one of our questions today. I think a lot of us tried to concentrate on local mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and I'm wondering if that's stuck for folks. Well, and, and I think part of the problem, too, is for those who maybe do want to shop local or purchase local products, they don't necessarily know where to start mm-hmm. looking. So it's great that you have a shop like this. or a lot of places... Uh, we'll have, we'll, um, like I think of, there's a place out in Transcona and we've interviewed the proprietor before Corey, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Sweet Sea Bakery. And when you walk in a place like that, she's got all kinds of different local confectionaries, etc. I don't know if that's the right word, but we're going with it. But yeah, she's got all kinds of local stuff. So that's one way to sort of introduce yourself to the, the variety of local products out there, because if you don't know where to start. That I want to, I'm excited to learn more about this shop. Yeah, they actually apparently opened up over a year ago in the Outlet Mall, and they only were going to be there for a couple of months, like a pop-up type situation. We'll be here for two months, and then we'll call it a day. And then it was so successful that they've stuck around. They've expanded to other locations, and I've been in there a few times to shop, and what they are offering has grown too, because, of course, there's all sorts of great retailers out there that are doing amazing things with, you know, they got their candles or their T-shirts or their local peg wear but just don't want to don't can't afford that bricks and mortar building so if they all get together that way and pay in for this kind of service then we get a store to go to so we'll learn more about that at seven thirty-five. question of the day by the way for credit aid overwhelmed by debt call 204-987-6890 creditaid.ca the question that was asked on friday afternoon did you or will you go looking for some black friday deals 72% said, nah, not for me. 18% said, yes, in person. And uh, just over 10% said, yes, online. Well, it's Cyber Monday. How many emails have you received? I think I've had like 22 over the last two hours. Oh, really? I woke up to like 10, deleted them all. <laughs> and then as I was sitting at my desk doing things, you know, the alerts come in. I'm like, sport check, go away. Like, <laughs> And the, you know the random places that you sign? Moore's Clothing. I bought one suit for my kid like a couple years ago and I can't get... Can't, can't get rid of it. But then at the same time, I'm like, do we need to get more dress clothes for them? So I'm diving back into the emails and yes. Yeah. I, you know what? The, the, with my Gmail, the, the, it, it, it sets up and I don't really like this, but, but at the same time, I would get so many emails if I had it all just in one inbox. But there's your primary inbox mm-hmm. and then there's something called updates and then there's a social folder and then promotions. So all of those emails go into my promotions and I don't get notifications for those. So I, you know what, I, I shouldn't take a peek and see what I, I have. I just got one just as you're talking from the Bay. <laughs> like who also emailed me 400 times the last two days. And I click every time. I'm like, what if something's out there that I need to get? By the way... There's a lot of people who agree with us. There's something wrong with last night. Okay. We'll share some of those texts later. Okay, good. We're not alone. But hey, at least it was a good night for the Winnipeg Jets. We've got the sounds of the game after we check your forecast on CJOB. We have a couple of people weighing in on the fact that uh, for the second Monday in a row, we're miserable. Last week was the Grey Cup. So we had a good reason this week. We're just... <laughs> 
It just get, it seems to be getting worse and worse but as the weeks go on. Both you and I had miserable sleeps, which is pretty common on a Sunday. I think for lots of people, you're stressed. But yeah. we both got up at midnight and basically stayed that way. Tracy says, oh, my goodness, me too, crummy sleep. I saw 2.30 on the clock. My alarm doesn't ring until 5. Woke up to my alarm from a nightmare. Might as well have not slept. Need to be alert and on point for a 12-hour shift. So mm. good luck to you, Tracy. And Big John has another theory, Brett. Big John says, I don't know, maybe there's something wrong with the moon or something. But I had a horrible sleep last night, too. Couldn't sleep at all. Maybe it's not just you. Maybe there's something more going on here. So Was there a moon last night? I... I don't know. I didn't see if there was. I couldn't see it. I drove in. I spent 30 minutes on the road, and I can't recall. But there sometimes is something to do, you know, with that full moon or whatever. But I don't don't know. 204-780-6868. Did you have a crappy sleep? Uh, And if you think you know what's going on, feel free to share your theory. In the meantime, Producer Sky in for Jeff Forte once again. It is time for the sounds of the game. The Winnipeg Jets waxed. Chicago 7-2 last night. Here's how it went. Teams will come to center ice to get it started. And the puck is dropped. And it's showtime from Chicago, Illinois. Back toward the line for Morrissey up top. Shoots. Deflected. Rebound. And the putback by Lowry. Off the left pad of Morazic. Back on in front of the backhand shot. They score! Jansen Harkins with another goal. Two straight for him, and Winnipeg opens up the scoring. It's 1-0 Jets. Knocked it out of the air, gets it to settle down. Back toward the line for Morrissey. Far side, Connor shooting, scores! Kyle Connor with a one-timer, an absolute bullet. It's a power play goal, and Winnipeg has restored their two-goal lead. It's 3-1 Winnipeg. That was a missile. As he kind of grabbed that rebound and stopped again by Hellebuck. Back the other way. Madeline and shoots and scores! Saku Madeline with his second of the night, third of the year. As he came down the left wing boards from the top of the circle of the hash marks. And he beats Morazic to the top corner on the far side. And it's 4-1 Winnipeg. Wheeler cruising in into where the corner. Wheeler out in front of the shot. They score! Mark Shifley will drill it home. His first and six. Winnipeg's regained the three-goal lead. It's 5-2 for the Jets. Puts on the brakes. A little cutback move. Got to the backhand. Dropped into the line. Now for Dubois. Back on in front of the shot. They score! Dubois centering pass off of Chicago Blackhawk. He'll get the goal. Sent back toward the line. Held by Morrissey. Wrist shot. He scores! Might have been deflected in front. It's a power play goal. And it's 7-2 Winnipeg. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. After Global News at 7 o'clock, what's this about no more customer service by phone for one of uh, Canada's airlines? It's it's an American airline, sorry. Oh, okay. It's a low-cost airline. And they're actually decided they're just going to forego you being able to get a hold of anyone by phone. So oh, if you, good. you have no flight booked or you're struggling to find your luggage, you are never going to speak to someone unless it's through a chat. So we're going to talk about that because it's a second airline in the States to make this move. And is that kind of like a growing trend? How do you feel about the fact that you might call a company for help and the the phone line will say, sorry, please go to the website. We aren't talking to you. Oh, boy. So we'll learn more about that at 7.05. And in our next segment, we'll tell you how you can win yourself a pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland. And it will have to do with... 
the lengths to which we've gone to get customer service satisfaction. In the meantime, as Canadians gathered for watch parties across the country yesterday, estimates of as many as twenty to 25,000 Canadian soccer fans were in Qatar for Canada's second game of the World Cup group play. And among the fans cheering for our national men's team was our former colleague here at CJOB, Elizabeth Priest. Good morning. Or afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, afternoon here. It's uh, almost four o'clock in the afternoon here. How are you both? We're good. And I, I saw your uh, video on Twitter yesterday as you were sharing with people your view and your vantage point of the national team. And I thought, well, that's cool. How did it feel like to be in the stands? It was electric. I We were actually talking about it this morning. And for the first half of the game, the Canadian fans were definitely much louder than the Croatian fans. I learned a lot of new chants, which I think we really need to implement into hockey games. I said, ooh, ah, Canada, ooh, ah, Canada, probably a thousand times last night. I thought I wouldn't have a voice this morning, but it's actually, it held up quite well. But it was electric, and yeah, it was an experience of a lifetime. Well, and you witnessed a historic moment for Canadian men's soccer with their first ever goal at the World Cup, and just like 60 seconds into the game. So how pumped were the Canadian faithful in attendance when that happened? Uh, We went crazy. The video I posted was about two minutes after we had scored and the crowd was still electric. We were standing on our chairs. Uh, Fortunately, it's a good thing. Uh Uh-oh. Well, that's going to happen. She is on the other side of the world, sounding pretty good and close to home, though. Well, she speaks to us from thousands of kilometers away. Hopefully, we'll get Elizabeth back. But yeah, we'll have to try to see if we can even share that video because I thought that was just after the goals were scored when she posted that, and she said it's Hello? two minutes. Oh, Hi. there you are. There you go. You were just saying it was about two minutes after the goal had been scored, so the the, the cheering went on for quite some time. Oh, I think I lost you. No, we can hear you. Are you there? Can you hear us? Ah! <laughs> Okay, I wasn't sure how this was how this would go. Uh, it sounded nice and clear. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... And, uh, honestly, TSN yesterday had this thing on loop... Like every time I turned on the television, it didn't matter what time it was. They just kept replaying that goal. And um, there was a bit of a, shall we say, a bit of a faux pas from one of the announcers. I think he described it as the most important moment in Canadian soccer history. Yeah. <laughs> as, as part of the panel was the gold medal winning women's team. Yes, they've done great things at the Olympics. They've done great things at the World Cup. They've been qualified for the World Cup several several times. It took them in until this year for that to happen. So, you know, I, I think, but I think it was exciting for a lot of reasons. And Elizabeth, I think we got you back. Yep, I'm here. Okay, sorry about that. I know it was good. It wasn't, we figured it wouldn't be easy. We have struck, we struggle to connect with people down the street sometimes in this world, Elizabeth. So let's not worry about it. How, what made you get, get yeah. over there? Like, why did you want to go to the World Cup? How did this all come about? We're huge sports fans, my partner and I. We travel a lot to go to different sporting events, and it's my partner's 40th birthday in January, so it seems like the perfect time. We have friends who live in this part of the world. They work in Saudi Arabia, so we're meeting up with them as well. Um, And like I said, huge soccer fans. We live in Alberta. We were at the World Cup qualifiers in Edmonton when they took on Mexico, and that atmosphere was electric, and we're like, ah, we have to go. We have to support our our nation, um, and I'm so glad we did. It's been incredible here, the experience so far. The hosts are wonderful. The people couldn't be more nice, more helpful. Everything is organized incredibly well. It's been a positive experience the entire time so far. And are you going to any more games? 
Yeah, so we have um, England-Wales coming up tomorrow night. Um, Australia-Denmark is Wednesday, and then the final Canada game on Thursday. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're taking, all, you're taking this yeah. all in. Yeah, well, I was born in England, originally from there, so I had to... I had to get in an England-Wales game. I can only imagine what that crowd will be like due to their rivalry. Um, it's already started. We're staying on a cruise ship. They're just docked on the downtown harbor here. Um, and it's, the fans are already a lot of chirping going on, a lot of uh, banter, um, yeah, and a lot of cheering. There's Brazil's game is on tonight. And from the moment we woke up to walking the streets of Doha, Brazilian fans are just nonstop cheering. So, Elizabeth, you've been, you, as you mentioned, you've been to a lot of different sporting events. You're big fans. You travel to go see this kind of thing. So where would you rank this overall experience of being at the World Cup compared to other things that you've done? I still can't believe I'm at the World Cup. We landed yesterday morning. So I think it's one of those things. I was looking back at my videos last night. And I'm like, holy smoke. We went to a World Cup game last night. So I think it's still all settling in right now. Um, but like I said, the experience has been so positive. It's a bucket list. It's a dream event to come to. Uh, the only thing I could compare it to where you have all these nations together, we were talking about, is the Olympics, which I haven't been to yet, still on the bucket list. So it's just such a unique experience when you have all these nations from the entire world. Well, the the countries who qualified anyway, um, here in one place, all celebrating a sport they love. And before we let you go, Elizabeth, what else are you going to do out there? I mean, you're in, a, you're in a part of the world that you're potentially not likely to ever visit again. So what, what else you got on your itinerary? Well, I would like to preface this by saying we had a very cultural experience day, but I'm currently in an Irish pub. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have done a lot of um, Middle East uh, exploration. Actually, we were by the Parliament building earlier today, and you know how the British have the changing of the guards outside Buckingham Palace? They have something similar, but with camels, and it may have been the best thing I've ever seen because just more and more people on camels kept coming out, and it was awesome so um yeah like i said we're currently at the pub there is no shortage of them here um and then we'll probably head back to our cruise ship they play all the games so we'll sit with the fans and watch some more soccer games tonight elizabeth wonderful to connect with you enjoy the rest of your time there thank you very much great chatting with you both Elizabeth Priest joining us live on 680 CJOB, one of our former colleagues here at CJOB, joining us live from Qatar. Camels. I love a good camel sighting. Yeah? I, used to, I never got used to that in the Middle East, just how great it was to come, like, you'd be driving down the highway and, like, the same way we put horses in the trailer, like, there'd just be, like, a camel in the back of a truck, you know, just chewing its cud looking at you. <laughs> There's this one spot, it's a gas station, I can't remember exactly what community, but there was a camel there that you could, it just was there for the tourists, and they called him George Bush. I don't know why. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Some American airlines are starting to move towards no more customer service by phone. And to me, that just seems maddening. So right now we want to talk about the lengths to which we've gone to get our customer service satisfaction. We want to know how far you went, how hard you pushed. 
how far you made it. Maybe you eventually just had to quit. I don't know. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win yourself a vehicle pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland at Red River Exhibition Park. Producer Sky in for Jeff Forte. Why don't we start with you? I find the most important thing here is attitude. You should go in with a negative one. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Buckle up. If you go in thinking, oh, how long could this take? Is it 10 minutes? No, it's going to be a ridiculous amount of time. You're going to suffer. The song will haunt your nightmares. So Set your expectations low. The lowest. Right. And then you're Negative. not disappointed. Excellent. I go through, that's how I go through life. <laughs> that's how I go through hold. That's how I go through life. Okay. There was one time with um, planning a trip. It's, it is stressful to be on hold for these things. You get the holiday approved and then the next step is just confirming and I was about to confirm, and the thing is gone. The flight is gone. It was a package, so it was a good deal, and it was gone, and it's approved, and now it has disappeared. So you're forced. You can't finish the, the job on your own, so you are forced to be on hold for five hours. Um, but it's, you know, you have to. Five hours? Five hours, yeah. Uh, that's normal. That's normal. <laughs> certain See? airline. But I was 100% expecting 10 normal. hours, so I was pleasantly surprised. Did you stay for you five hours? You have to stay, because... You gotta double down. You got. You have to invest in it. You can't get off the sinking ship. You must go down with it. <laughs> Once you've committed four hours, you might as well just go through the whole long haul. You you can't stop then. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, that's fair. You get to that point where you're like, well, I've already invested this yeah. much time. You're so a slave to the phone. You're going down. Okay. Uh, well, Poitras, what about you? Uh, mine would have had to been like with my uh, credit card company in terms of uh, insurance. Like what what like because I know I pay for insurance yearly. Uh, on my credit card, um, just for like, uh, you know, for uh, rental car and all this other stuff. And I wanted just to confirm as I was heading out on a longer trip, what actually my package covered so I didn't have to buy, uh, you know, subsequent uh, insurance just to make sure everything was okay. Well, that was another, that was an ordeal. That was on hold. And I go to somebody, oh, you called the wrong area. Okay, well, that's my mistake. That's fine. I'll go on to the next person. Oh, they shouldn't have transferred you here. Um, uh, this, this is the wrong area. You have to call this number. Oh, don't worry. I'll transfer it for you. And then you get caught into the loop. And then eventually, usually everyone's very pleasant. And then you meet the one guy who clearly has absolutely no idea what this person is. They have no idea what they're talking about because they're giving you all kinds of wild information that you know is incorrect. Um, and then you say, okay, listen, I just need to talk to somebody else. Can you pass me on to somebody else? And then eventually you hopefully find somebody that will help you out. Somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Yes, yes. And uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, didn't you guys just talk about customer service last week? Yes, we did. That was more about good or bad customer service. But now we want to know about your determination. What have you done to get what you needed done? Jeff Braun, what about you? Yeah, for me also, it was with the airlines right after uh, the pandemic began and it trip to Whistler we had planned got cancelled uh, and uh, I'd spoken about this on the air before I had bought the tickets through a third party website called Cheapo Air and I decided to give <laughs> them the a call. Is that the actual name? Sorry I forgot if this was oh, true. Oh yeah that's the actual name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they sound the, like they have great customer service, though. <laughs> Cheapo Air Cheapo probably Air. will do anything to make their customers happy. Oh, okay. Well, they clearly weren't prepared for, you know, thousands of people to cancel their flights on the same day kind of a deal because getting through by phone was almost impossible. You'd spend about an hour just uh, trying to get a phone to ring. You'd just get a busy signal. But I would get through, and they'd put me on hold, and that's fine. And I'd be on hold for an hour, and after an hour, the line just went dead. 
Uh. And I'd have to start all over again. And I, I did that, I think, three times, and it just kept going dead on me. And I was like, well, this is no good. So I just typed Cheapo Air into Twitter to see uh, a little search on there to see if anyone else was uh, talking about them online, that sort of thing. And there I actually found out someone said, don't try calling them. Just go to their Facebook page and send them a message to that. And I sent them a message to that, and uh, everything got taken care of almost instantly. So, Like you got the refund you- instantly? No, the refund took 18 months, but I got like oh. a tick. I got a ticket and got in the line and they've got uh, just got things sorted to be on the wait list. They give me a credit at first. They want to give you a credit at first. But after a while, they just relented and gave up the money. OK, wow. Yeah, I just looked at that. It looks like a like a reputable site. Cheapo air. I can't believe you actually clicked. I'll purchase this <laughs> on a website called that. Like, I would just think it's a scam. Loren, what's it yours? It worked well for me for years. For like, I've been using it for over a decade. I just had this one bump in the road. It was uh, many people had a bump in the road when the pandemic hit. Well, I'm glad you eventually got the refund. At least cheapo yeah. save more money. Wow, this this can't be. Okay, uh, for me, there's just one example comes to mind. It was more out of just the principle of it, right? It, the same way, once you're in for four hours, you're like I'm not hanging up now because. I'm, I've committed to this time. It's way too much. So so then uh, we bought a washer when we moved and a, a new washing machine. And literally one day after the warranty expired, which is a year later, it broke. Oh. And it wasn't working. So we bring in a repair guy. He says it's going to be $500, I think, to repair this. And it was a $600 washer. And I was like, it's a brand new washer, first of all. It shouldn't break after a year. Second of all, like I'm not paying almost this I could just go get a new one and so at that point I decided I'm going to go on I'm going to going to call in and for as long as it takes me I'm going to do this so I woke up at like seven one morning called I think Maytag was on hold got transferred to someone got transferred to someone they kept saying can't do anything can't do anything and I just kept saying can I get your supervisor please and I'm quite convinced they just passed me around like to the next cubicle <laughs> oh yeah Paul's the supervisor right? like, so now, like, like they probably just like can someone take this lady and pretend to be the supervisor but I was like I am not accepting this and from the moment of being on hold to being transferring to then like dro- driving to work to 201 Portage so then I got to work and I remember getting to work and it's 930 and I finally had somebody like that was taking me seriously and so then I Decided I was going to be late for work until they until they said that they were going to at least give me some money off in a new washer because I was like I'm not repairing this. So it was probably like a three hour investment, but it was largely out of just I, I'm not accepting that you can't do something about this. And I think in the end, what I got was fifty percent off my next purchase, which still cost me yeah cost me money, but. Well, good for you for digging your heels in. And well, that, I, like, do you ever just call though and say I need to speak to a supervisor, and then you always get that I I'm as high as it goes, and you're like you're the first person I talk to. Like, <laughs> well, it's surprising because I am the supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you answering this phone? You know, like two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. The lengths to which you have gone to fight for your customer service, or maybe you made it X amount of distance into the process and just said, that's it. I'm out. I give up. I guess I'm old school. I still like to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. I know all of these companies are encouraging you to go online. They want you to use the chats. They want you to check, find your answers in the frequently asked questions. But I, I just, I've given up on even like trying to go through that. I just find their phone number provided they have one, but it seems that that is, could be uh 
going the way of the dodo. Yeah, so Frontier Airlines, it's a low-cost, ultra-low-cost airline in the States. It recently moved to full digital communication. So that means if you have an issue with a flight, you want to cancel it, book it, you've lost your luggage, you have to do all of it online through its chat tool. There is zero phone number to call. And apparently over the past couple of days, with the existing phone line, it was just played a voicemail saying there's nobody, like there's people here ready to take your call via the chat, but you can't speak to us. And Frontier says it made this move because it found customers prefer communicating through digital channels. And it's not the only one. If you fly Breeze Airways in the U.S., your only option is for text, email, or messenger for customer service. So is this the future or would the inability to speak to a real person by phone drive you bonkers? Mark Gordon is known as the customer experience expert and joins us now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. So first of all, just your reaction when, when, we, when we shared this link with you yesterday. What went through your head? Well, <laughs> disappointment, but not surprise. The airline industry, as we know, is not known for providing great customer service. And the truth is, the airlines, the way they run their companies, there's really not a huge incentive for them to provide great customer service, whether it be uh, the way they treat their customers or by, as you mentioned, uh, pulling uh, a method of communication for customers to be able to reach them. So what are we seeing overall when it, with companies when it comes to this sort of shift, this move to have more agents answering questions and complaints digitally rather than on the phone? Well, it definitely reduces costs for the companies because now you can get one person managing perhaps four or five customer inquiries at the same time. They're just sitting at a screen responding. Uh, you can add in a chat bot, which actually uses no human power at all. And it's much more efficient and cost effective. But on the flip side, you're going to end up with a lot of customers who are unhappy which can lead to a drop in business, or uh, you're going to get situations that don't get rectified, and then they just keep hanging around, and the customer just keeps using more time and more resources to try to get things fixed when this could have been handled much quicker with a phone call. You mentioned that there was there's not much incentive, at least for the airlines, to provide that customer service by phone, and that surprise is what do you mean by incentive is it because i'm kind of i have only limited options anyway to fly or i'm going to do it anyway like you'd think that they'd want the customer to be happy in the end well you would think so but the fact is most of us are motivated by price if we see uh uh you know two or three airlines that going that are going to the the place we want to go at the time we want to get there we're probably going to pick the one that's the lowest price and the airlines know this as well if there is a problem, the flight gets canceled, delayed, poor service, whatever it is, chances are the customer is going to accept a voucher, which means the customer is still going to come back to that airline. So really, when you think about it, it's not like uh, a regular retail store where you can say, I'm not going to shop here anymore. I'll go to the place across the street. Chances are you're going to keep going back to that airline or whatever airline has the lowest price, or they lock you in with regards to, to how they compensate you. So Again, there's there's not a lot of options out there for customers, and there, there's there's easy ways for the airlines to keep you coming back to them, regardless of service. I'm wondering about the combination of having access to be able to phone the company and the the digital services, because I've been actually dealing with something myself in recent weeks with my cable company, with Shaw Cable, where I've been having issues with my cable, I'm having issues with Wi-Fi, so I've had to call tech support now three times, and they're sending a tech for the third time, but all three times that I've called, I got through instantly, 
And I'm wondering if, and in the past, I've had to wait for 45 minutes, an hour to, to get through to them sometimes. So I've been actually really happy with the service that I've received. Um, so I'm just wondering, is it maybe good for companies to use that sort of combination of digital customer service as well as the phone? Well, that's a great point. It, really, for any company, they want to create an experience for customers that is easy, convenient, and stress-free. And a big part of that is allowing customers to transact or communicate with the business in a way that they're comfortable with. And today we have so many people with, with different levels of technical skill, whether it be using chatbots or picking up the phone. And there was a study done not too long ago by, I believe, an American university that found that 60% of people under the age of 30 still prefer to talk to a real human being. So these are, these are options that should be made available to everybody, but it's companies that are choosing on their own, using whatever research or motivation they, they find, to decide what's best for their customers. And in many cases, what they're really doing is deciding what's best for them. You're looking into trends all the time for customer service, and I'm just curious what you're hearing on both sides, because on the one hand, I'm frustrated to hear that there would be no phone option. Again, this is an American airline, hasn't happened to airlines here, but you could potentially see the movement for it to happen in other companies. And on the other, I've heard from people who work in customer service or retail, they say the customers are behaving worse than ever before. And so they're like, if you're in that industry, it is, it's a difficult one to be in when your job day in and day out is basically just to be yelled at. Sometimes it seems that way. And, and the question is, are they really trying to change the way they communicate with their customers in order to, to hide from them? Because it's very difficult to, to, you know, to lose your mind and, and, and uh, yell and scream at a chatbot. It can't really happen. Are they doing it that way or are they really doing it to, to reduce costs and, and reduce the number of resources? And the fact is you can train employees how to deal with angry customers. It's not that hard. But at the end of the day, when a company is going to implement these kinds of, of procedures and policies, if they see a drop in sales, if they start to see uh, lower ratings and it starts to impact their bottom line or, or the value of their shares, they may have to rethink these strategies. Mark Gordon is the customer experience expert joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mark, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. And you make a great point, Lorena, as well, about, you know, where your whole job is to just get yelled at all day. I wor- I've worked in a number of mm-hmm. call centers, and one of them, uh, there was a place, uh, I don't think they're there anymore, but they were on Carlton at Broadway. It was a company called Faniel. So they would, uh, the people who worked there worked for Faniel, but then the company would sort of farm out. So they had different clients. One of them was AT&T. Okay. And then one of the campaigns I worked on was Firestone Customer Service. So it was American customers. And, uh, and like I, when I got over there, I was like, oh, this is a sweet job. Because everybody who, who was there was, had been there for a long time and they loved it. It was a, kind of an easy job. Mm-hmm. But like a week after I started, I don't know if you remember when um, their tires started yes. separating on yes. the Ford Explorer. And it was like a national scandal. And so I went from like being a super relaxed, easy job to every person on the phone was screaming and yelling, I want new tires. I want my money back. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And and then my colleagues were crying because they never had to deal with it before. Whereas that's what I was used to. So it was just like, (sighs) back to being miserable for nine hours. Yeah. I mean, I get it's hard. I just, I find that there's an increasing movement now with companies that I can't even find their number on a website let alone the idea that there actually wouldn't be a number to call. I'm like you. I get to the point. I might look for the answers on the website, but eventually I'm picking up the phone. And sometimes there's not even an email or a chat. It's like you have to go through that form, you know, like fill out your name and your phone number and then do a CAPTCHA or whatever. (laughs) 
I do a math <laughs> equation. I I need I need to talk to somebody. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Just want to give you a heads We're going to give you a heads up on this a couple of times today, and then we're going to learn more about it at 9.35 when she joins us. Julie Buckingham, co-host of the news on CJOB with Richard Cluche from 3 until 6, Monday to Friday. Uh, they're going to have a special contest called Jets for Vets for the game Tuesday, December 6th, Canadian Armed Forces Night. So she's going to tell us at 9.35 how you can participate in that this week. She is the contest queen. And her connection to it. There's a reason why she's doing it, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Doesn't she call herself a base brat? She's a brat. Okay. Which it stands for something. It's an acronym. Yeah, I can I can't remember what it is. So I, I, I you're right. I just thought it was like some sort of a like you're an a, army brat. Like you're a brat. <laughs> okay. We'll have to get the goods from Julie. That's coming up at 9:35. We were just talking about customer service and how a couple of American airlines, like Frontier Airlines, they're they're making the move to all digital customer service. So no more phone line. And uh, one of our listeners with a great point, not everybody's got a computer. Right. So we've had a couple people weigh in. Bob says, I think this would be discrimination. And Kat talks about the fact that if I wanted to talk to that idiotic airline, Kat says, I'd have to drive 12 miles to use the internet at the library, except on Mondays when they're closed. I don't have data on my phone, just talk and text. If I can't deal with a company by phone, they don't get my business, Kat says. And I think there are people who just feel that way. You're frustrated. Another one of our listeners texted to say, what's Facebook's phone number? Because they're having issue with Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, I don't even know if they do anything that's not straight online. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. If you are having an issue with Facebook, how do you, what do you do uh, for a solution? Because what if, what if, for example, you can't get back into your account? There, there have been times where I was like, oh, I forgot my password. And then it said it tried to send me a text uh, like a multi-factor authentication yes. situation, but it didn't work. So, like, I was locked out of my account for a couple of weeks. I can't even remember remember how I figured it out. But I had to figure it out on my own because I couldn't log in to Facebook to, <laughs> to then ask them to, for help. Right. So. And I, I think I found a number. I'm going to send it to this listener and then want to know if it's a real, actual number. I didn't find it on Facebook, but... We'll give it a shot. Okay. Well, if you've got any thoughts on customer service, 204-780-6868. What do you think of this move to digital service? No option for a phone call. (music) 43. Some American airlines like Frontier are ditching customer service by phone to make way for all digital communication. What's your preference? Phone, digital, or in person? Cast your vote at cjob.com. And a reminder that we have a pass, a vehicle pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland at Red River Exhibition Park. Um, We are asking you to text us the lengths to which you've gone to get customer service satisfaction. Like Kristen you flagged this one earlier, Loren. I don't know if you've got her story here, but uh, she sent us a picture as well. We won't name the establishment. 
She went to a fast food place, mm-hmm. ordered some chicken tenders, went on my merry way. I ate some fries while I drove home and then took a bite out of a tender. Something was wrong, so very wrong, but it was dark, so I just stuffed it back in the bag to inspect when I got home. Upon seeing it in the light, I realized I had bitten into a raw slab of oh, chicken. And it is. The photo, it is raw. Yeah, yeah. Like At first, I thought it was like a jalapeno popper or something well, that she was sending us. Well, the outside is like looks like it's crispy, but the inside, you can see that pink like chicken. Yeah. Mm. So she contacted the company immediately. They were very dismissive. Sorry you weren't satisfied, etc. To which I responded with this picture that she sent, and suddenly apologies and coupons were flooding my way as if I ever wanted to eat their food again. And that's where it's frustrating with responses, right? Because it's sometimes it feels like it's not till you take it to the nth degree that someone listens to you, right? It's, it's the same way people have, for example, with 311, with the city, have a complaint, go through all the proper channels, wait six months, seven months, eight months, finally get frustrated enough they go and share it publicly yeah. with the media or just online. All of a sudden then you're a priority, right? And, and that's what it feels like sometimes when you deal with customer service. You're like, oh, so now we're going to take me seriously because I've outed you. Yeah, that's a great point. So yeah, sometimes you gotta, you just got to be that... That per- like I, I don't like to be that person no. either. I try to go through the proper channels and speak to the right people, and I don't like to demand to speak to a supervisor, etc. But sometimes you just got to kick and scream uh, to get what you want. So tell us those stories for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner at nine fifteen. Now, in this on the subject of going out, customer service. Well, hey, look, it's no longer a one day event. Instead, Black Friday is starting to feel like a season of sales. The offers started coming in fast and furious at least a week ago, and now Cyber Monday is here. More more emails that would likely extend beyond this evening. So many emails. And I know that for me, that's in part because I did more on ch- online shopping during the pandemic. And now I'm being hit with all these emails, this Black Friday of purchases I've made from companies over the years. But online, that shift to more online wasn't the only thing we saw. We saw a lot of people moving to shop local. I went out Friday to check out the Black Friday sales and I hit the outlet mall just off Keniston, and I passed a shop called The Locals. I've shopped there before. It's a really cool place filled with a ton of stuff from local companies, shirts, candles, jewelry. And I went back in because I was like, huh, this shop is, it looks like it's booming. I want to know how they're doing. So I tracked down the manager and was pleased to learn that the shop was a huge success. They had actually planned just to be there a couple months. And now, you know, a year and change later, they're staying put and expanding. So we wanted to bring on Narissa Manzano, co-founder of The Locals. Good morning, Narissa. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for taking the time. I, I know you're a busy entrepreneur and mom of a young child. She had her baby at the store Friday, so yeah. you do you, you got a lot of hats on. I, how did this all start about? How does it work? Um, basically, we started three years ago. Uh, we opened a, a really, really small store at Sherbrooke, um, and then, of course, the pandemic hit, so uh, we went online for a couple of years, um, and we got a lot of support through that, actually. Um, and then finally, in uh, last year, we were finally able to open up at the outlet mall. <clears throat> we were just going to do like a mar- it was a market style for a couple months where local vendors were able to rent out a spot. Um, and then come January, we were able to secure this spot. And yeah, we're a full on retail store at the outlet mall now. And in August, we actually opened another store at Polo Park. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. So when you originally opened just that pop-up with the, the goal in mind that you'd maybe do a couple of months, did you ever, like, was that sort of a long-term hope that perhaps you could make it permanent? Or had you even thought yeah. about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was the kind of the dream was to create a, you, you know, to put local products into the eyes of, like, many people 
or like a spot where big box retails are. Um, so that was that is this is the long term goal, and we were very <laughs> happy to have reached it finally after a few years of you know, trying and being shut down. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's been a rough couple of years, right? And then, of course, for vendors, they relied on markets that couldn't take place. They might be Christmas shows or, mm. you know, Third and Bird had to hit pause for a bit before it was eventually back. There was all sorts of companies that couldn't showcase their stuff as they normally would. And so I'm curious what you've been hearing from customers to have this store because we were saying this morning, Nerissa, that people might want to shop local but not sure where to even start. And now when you walk mm. past your shop, you're like, oh, wow, what's all this? And you realize you have dozens of vendors in there. Yeah, so right now we're probably over 200 vendors, um, 200 Canadian vendors. Um, I'm finding that a lot of people are shopping in-store, maybe 10% online. Uh, People want to be able to touch and feel the products and, you know, be talked to. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that was a big change As as, as soon as everything kind of opened up we felt like people are wanting to shop in person for sure. So where do you find the vendors? Like, do they come to you or did you have to go out and and find all of them? Um, So at the very beginning, I, of course, reached out to a lot of people. Um, I went on, I started my Instagram account before I even opened and kind of tried to see if there was interest. And there was like an overwhelming amount of people that were, you know, interested in, in what I was doing. Um, right now, people are coming to me. I actually have a huge backlog of vendors wanting to get on in the store, but because there's just so much, like we're we're trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. So then they come to you, Narissa, or you go to them, depending on how it works. If you see something you're interested, in, and then do they rent a portion of the store or pay you a uh, no, fee, or how's we, that go? Uh, at this point, because we have decided to become a full-on retail store, we we actually just purchase. So we we purchase the products from vendors and then and then we do our thing. <laughs> and do you uh, what what kind of stuff you got in there? You say two hundred vendors. Uh, I would imagine it's probably a little bit of everything, but uh, give us some examples. Absolutely, yeah. So we have a little bit of everything. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, we have a lot of food, um, a lot of uh, like treats, candies, all that stuff, freeze dried candies. Uh, so we basically have sections in the store. We have our snack bar we have our self-care area where you'll find like soaps and um bath bombs all that stuff uh stationery we have a gift box section where we curate gift boxes so that people can just grab it you put it in a cute little box that has a cute saying and it's ready to go and ready to be gifted um we have apparel home products um what else (laughs) just so much and you mentioned Uh, that you mentioned you have like so people can come to the shop, but then once if I get there and I find something that I like, I, can I also go online? You have a website, Narissa? Absolutely, yeah. The localscollective.ca is our website, and everything that's in the store is also on the website, so it's easier to shop. We oh. do have a lot of people like shopping and then picking up at our stores. I'm seeing a candle now, Brett, that is called Sangria. <laughs> It's not sangria, though. It's a candle. It's sweet wine plus berries. I'd like to know what that one smells like. That looks all right. So for for the people that are now finding success through you and this expansion that you've done to other malls, what's the goal down the road? Like, how far do you think this could go? Would it work in other markets or are you in other communities? Um, right now, we're just in Winnipeg. Uh, we, we do have our gift boxes now at two Hudson's Bay 
stores. So that's a really good expansion and exposure for a lot of our vendors because we put local stuff, about five local products in each box. Um, and the goal is to maybe expand nationwide if it allows. <laughs> the website, once again, is thelocalscollective.ca. You can find them on Facebook under The Locals or on Instagram, The Locals WPG. Narissa Manzano, co-founder of The Locals, thank you very much for joining us. And you know, thank I, you for I, having us. I don't, I don't normally head out to the outlet mall, largely because I went, to, when I was there, I was kind of uninspired by it. But I haven't <laughs> seen, I haven't been to your shop yet, so now I got to come check it out. Awesome, that's awesome to hear. Thank you so much. And thanks for bringing this on, Lauren. I had no idea that this was a thing. And uh, I'm starting to drive my one son nut, nuts because probably once a week I just at randomly ask wherever we are. We were at the doctor last week. I was like, do you do interviews? And then we were at this <laughs> out shopping and I was like, oh, I got to next thing you know, he's like, are you asking for an interview, mom? Yes. <laughs> but it's cool. Like, I, I love shopping there. I bought that. I'm going to go back. Actually, I saw something that I think has your name on it for Christmas. Oh. So I need to go back and check that out. And now that I see they have the cocktail smelling candle, but they do also have cocktails. <laughs> Kelly Moore has the Monday Jets commentary, but before that, we're talking about customer service today because Frontier Airlines in the, the U.S., they're dumping customer service on the phone. It's all digital if you want to talk to them about a customer service situation. So we are asking you about your experiences and not the good or the bad service, but the lengths to which you went to get your customer service. And uh, you, Loren, had a situation with, uh, I think it was a low-cost airline. It was a low-cost airline. And it's not that I had to go far. It's just that I sometimes feel like things are said to you because they feel like you're not going to react and they just give you this standard line and then you're just going to deal with it and eat whatever the cost is. So with this low-cost airline, they charge for everything, including the fact that if you don't check in online and have to go to a ticket agent, then... They charge you for doing that. So I think it was 25 bucks. So I wake up in the morning, leaving Calgary, can't get online, can't get online. Like their website's not working. I cannot check in, get an Uber, can't get it to work while I'm on the way to the airport, get to the airport, go up to the ticket agent, say, I don't have a pass because your website's down. And she said, well, that we're still going to have to charge you $25. And I said, no, like it's not my problem. Your website's down. Your web's-. And I went online, showed her on my phone. And then she says... Well, I can't do anything about that. That's not our problem. We That's a separate company. Like, we farm out our online stuff to some other country. And I was like, hang on. It is your problem. You're the company that pays another company to deal with me. And she's like, can you please step aside? We have a line. You're going to have to pay. And then I just said, I am not moving. <laughs> I will not be moving from this spot. It wasn't the $25 again at that point. It's just the principle of it. You're telling me it's not your problem because that company does not physically have your name of the airline on it. There's someone else. I I don't have time for that. Did you have to pay? No, I didn't pay. Oh, good. No, I just waited. And she wasn't like, I think she was just having, sometimes they're just having a bad day and I will allow for that. But I was like, you are full of, you're high on something if you think I'm moving out of this line right now. Like. (laughs) This is your problem. Deal with it. Yeah. You know, good for you. For Sometimes you got to dig your heels in on this stuff. You know, they, and I, I get that they they, they, they got to tow their company line. And oh, a lot of times they're not given the supports. Like I, I've worked in customer service jobs where sure. I wasn't trained for it or, the, or I knew that no matter what I tried to do to help this person, that the company wouldn't back it up. So you're just sometimes you're, you're just like, oh, I'm sorry. I, 
I can't help you. Like, I wish I could. And I get that. And, and Sharon, one of our loyal listeners, te- emailed us to say she thinks sometimes this might be a ploy. Like, the, the harder they make it for you to get a hold of a real person, yep. the less you're fight you're going to put up. You just sort of get exhausted and think, forget it. Or when they say the whole time's two and a half hours, you hang up the phone and then you forget about it. And then next thing you know, you've lost the money on whatever you paid for that was broken because it was too hard to, to manage. Feel free to continue to weigh in. 204-780-6868. In the meantime, let's switch gears here and talk some hockey because the Winnipeg Jets have reached the quarter mark of the schedule. And while that should no longer be considered a small sample size, 680 CJOB's Kelly Moore thinks it still might not be the right time to make any judgment calls on what the Jets are and aren't. At 13-6-1, Winnipeg is right there with Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, and Seattle in the battle to be best in the West. But because of the extended absences of Nikolai Ehlers, Mason Appleton, and up until last night, Morgan Barron, do we really know what this team is fully capable of? We saw what Dylan DeBello can contribute the past two games after he was sidelined for the previous four. Barron made an impressive return last night after missing 10 games following wrist surgery. With all due respect to those who have filled in admirably, the Jets are a better team with DeMello and Barron in the lineup, and they will be even better when Ehlers and Appleton eventually return. Right now, estimated to be anywhere between the halfway mark of the schedule in the middle of January and following the All-Star and Players break in mid-February. Until then, we'll see this team use a variety of ways and players to build off what they've accomplished thus far. That list includes the occasional act of grand larceny from Connor Hellebuck, three-on-three heroics that have added up to the NHL's best record in overtime at 6-1, and and ongoing contributions from a collection of diamonds in the rough. You see, it doesn't matter whether your name is Mark Scheifele or Mikey Asamont, Kyle Connor or Saku Manalainen, Pierre-Luc Dubois or Axel Janssen-Fialbi. Play the right way. You'll be rewarded. Performance over paycheck. Rick Bonus knows what he wants this team to be. From what we've seen so far, Jets fans should be reasonably optimistic that goal is attainable, especially if or when the day arrives that all hands are on deck. That's when we'll have a true understanding of the identity of the 2022-23 Winnipeg Jets. get right into this here a 62 year old man is facing a number of charges in connection with the random kidnapping of a 24 year old mom and her two-year-old daughter so as you've been hearing in the news with jeff braun please say the woman was driving with her child near portage la prairie when she stopped to help what appeared to be a stranger in distress Police say when she pulled over, he got in the car and demanded she drive him to Winnipeg. Inspector Paul Peddle is the officer in charge of the Central Plains for the RCMP and joins us now for more. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Lauren. Thanks for having me. What strikes me so much with this is that this was an act of kindness, right? She stops looking to help someone, turns into a terrifying ordeal, I can only imagine. What can you tell us about what happened the moment he got in the car? Uh, well, I want to say uh, you're exactly right. It was a very uh, traumatic situation uh, for the mom and her child. Uh, she stopped with the intention of providing help uh, to that individual, and uh, she had no idea what was uh, about to occur. So, like I said, it was a, it was a good intention on her part, but uh, it ended up being something uh, very chaotic. So can you tell us like anything that or do you know any details on what happened uh, after like on that ride? 
Uh, as far as the details, I don't, uh, I don't know a whole lot. I know the individual was looking for a ride uh, into the Winnipeg area. Uh, there had been an incident earlier uh, where he tried to evade police. Uh, there was also uh, a couple of our police vehicles uh, were involved, and one of our vehicles was uh, rammed at a local hotel in Portage La Prairie uh, prior to that. So uh, my understanding is that uh, he was attempting to evade our officers and not be held accountable for what had happened earlier. Yeah, so the story would, the, the allegations are that he was in a parking lot. You got a call to this parking lot. He was behaving erratically, took off, uh, a chase ensued, and back, officers backed off because it became dangerous. And then you get this phone call later that there, there might be this woman and this child missing. So, how did you learn about the fact that this man that you were looking for suddenly was also potentially involved in this alleged kidnapping? Well, we uh, first of all, I want to say that our members did a tremendous job. They did some uh, very good legwork here that uh, helped us to uh, to determine that uh, this incident had taken place with the kidnapping, and uh, we were able to uh, track them into Winnipeg, and we were in very close proximity uh, to them when we had received the call that the uh, the mom and the child were uh, doing okay. So. Uh, just uh, just a lot of great legwork by our police officers and uh, great support from the uh, surrounding units as well. Uh, just uh, We want to say a special thanks to the Winnipeg Police Service for their involvement because uh, they became engaged and, uh, you know, provided their services immediately uh, to help us as well, as, uh, as well as the Manitoba First Nation Policing Service as well. Yeah, there were a lot of vehicles on scene. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, it started off as this chase looking for that suspect. Then later you find out that there's a woman and, and child in a car in a kidnapping situation. Did you know that they were connected right away or how did you figure that out? Well, based on the circumstances of the call and the pursuit, uh, we uh, believed them to be uh, connected. We determined uh, very quickly that the uh, the vehicle that the uh, subject was originally in uh, that he had left in the area east of Portage had been uh, stolen. It was a stolen vehicle. And uh, through the 911 call is when we were able to uh, make the connection there that it was, uh, you know, it was definitely, uh, definitely related. And er everything fell in place, and uh, we were able to, uh, with the assistance of the public, we were able to identify who the uh, suspect was in very short order through uh, use of surveillance video that we obtained from uh, one of the locations. The mom called 911, Inspector, or did someone else call thinking something was up? Uh, no, it, uh, the call actually came from the, uh, from the mom. The, uh, we got to remember, she stopped there believing that the mm -hmm. individual was uh, in uh, medical distress, and uh, she had the wherewithal to actually make the call to 911, which uh, basically started off the sequence of events. Uh, we became involved, and uh, which led to, uh, I guess, her safe. Uh, safe location. So we got to give the mom a lot of credit here. She was in a uh, very uh, chaotic, traumatic situation with her child, and she had the uh, the courage to uh, you know make the right decisions in these stressful situations. Where was the suspect eventually arrested? The uh, the subject was arrested in Winnipeg by the Winnipeg Police Service, uh, and they received some information from uh, somebody from the public there that uh, was able to identify him, and uh, he was taken into custody early yesterday morning. Uh, was transferred to uh, Portage La Prairie, where he's currently in custody, awaiting a court appearance this morning. You know, I was saying earlier this morning, Inspector, that I've I've stopped when I saw someone that I thought was in distress just recently off Pemina. They were laying on the pavement in a parking lot, and I 
pulled over and rolled my window down to ask if they were okay because I thought, geez, this person I, I appeared to be homeless, but maybe they weren't sleeping and I was worried for them. And then on the flip side, you hear a story like this and you think, oh, you know, I, I, I mean, do not ever want to blame the victim. This man is entirely at fault here. But I hate the idea that we have to suggest to people don't act with the good intentions just in case it's not good. Yeah, you're exactly right, Lauren. It's very discouraging. Uh, It's human nature for us as uh, people to stop and want to help people. That's the uh, it's the right thing to do. And when you hear stories like this, uh, I know it's extremely rare a situation like this, a kidnapping. But uh, that's the thing we always want to do. We always want to help people. And when we hear uh, like a story of this nature, it uh, it can be a bit discouraging and frightening for people when they hear that. Inspector Paul Peddle, officer in charge of the Central Plains for the RCMP, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Inspector Peddle, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Time to check the markets with Dennis Rubinick of Endeavor Wealth Management. Good morning, Dennis. How do the global markets look to kick off this week? Well, good morning. North American markets will try to build on last week's rally, and we'll also be trying to finish higher for the second month in a row, depending how, on how they do in the next few days. Asian markets were down overnight as we saw protests in China against the government tightening their COVID restrictions even further after it seemed like they might be ready to start lifting them. What will the big stories in the market be this week? Well, there will be a batch of earnings this week, including the Canadian banks and a variety of retail names like Hewlett-Packard, Dollar General, and Lazy Boy. We'll also get some Canadian GDP data, as well as home price and consumer confidence data, and even some employment numbers as well. And oil could also be a story this week, as it may slide further below $80 per barrel, especially if China stays locked down, as they are a big part of global oil demand. I won't ask you if we'll see that translate into a difference at the pumps, Dennis. We'll move on to the North American markets. They've rallied. Is this a bear market? or might markets actually be starting to turn things around? Well, no one knows what's going to come next, but we are seeing more signs that we could be through the worst with inflation, which means the end of the rate hike cycle shouldn't be too far off either, and both of those could be fuel for the market to rally. And even if we start to see more signs of a slowdown, the economy looks strong enough to avoid a severe recession, so I'm optimistic we won't see a worst-case scenario and that we should be through the worst of the market declines. All right, pre-market futures? Well, having said that, uh, futures are in the red this morning, so we'll probably see the market start the day lower in the U.S. Uh, crude oil is down by about $2 at 74.29 cents per barrel, and our Canadian dollar is down just more than half a percent at 74.3 cents per U.S. dollar. Dennis Rubinick, thank you very much, sir. Dennis is with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. And contact Dennis at 204-318-2663. Reminder, we're asking you to tell us the lengths you went to get your customer service situation resolved for a chance to win Canada's Winter Wonderland Pass at Red River Exhibition Park. Like Perry, who says, years ago, my parents had a fridge that was just off warranty. They called me to say there was smoke coming from the back of the fridge. They unplugged it and moved it out from the wall. By the time I arrived, they'd also called the 1-800 number and basically were blown off by that person and told to call a service repairman. Well, I heard this and was thinking of... What if this had happened in the middle of the night? Mm -hmm. So I dug in deep to contact the president of this company to complain. I researched the investment side of this company. Lo and behold, I found the president of the company's phone number. Yes, I called. Yes, he answered. And yes, he was mad as hell. He wanted the names of who I spoke to. Unfortunately, my parents didn't get any names. Well, he completely took over the situation. The repairs and all the services were taken care of. No charge. Fast. Wow. This company made it right. Right to the top. Good for you, I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> Could you imagine? Hi, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff, 
My son's present did not have the actual present in the box. Jeff, what are you going to do about it? It was a good weekend for the Winnipeg Jets. They're home with a four of a possible six points following their three-game road trip through Minnesota, Dallas, and Chicago. And of course, last night the Jets completely walloped Chicago 7-2 in what many would say is one of their most dominating performances of the season so far. For more, we're joined by CJOB Sports Director Kelly Moore. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Eminem. So three games, three different results. Despite the <laughs> shellacking the team took last night, or Wednesday night, sorry, with Minnesota, I'm curious what would be the grade, perhaps, or the assessment Rick Bonus would give the players or give the, the team for this road trip? Uh, I think he'd probably give them somewhere around a C-plus uh, mm. or a B. Uh, because Dallas is not an easy building to win in. And, and uh, again, a lot gets kind of focused on uh, for the last five minutes of the game, like it did for the home game against Carolina uh, at the end of the homestand to begin what was a bit of a bizarro week for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but, you know, you have to look at the overall play of the team. It wasn't completely bad in Minnesota. They did have about a 10 to 15 minute stretch where they, uh, you know, played the way that they wanted to, uh, but they were able to win three out of four games for the week, two out of three for the road trip. And I think probably where you'd get a C plus, uh, you know, because again, you, you did let a lead get away in Dallas. Uh, you got absolutely murdered in the face-off circle in that game, but there was the desired response from the six, one loss in Minnesota, the game before. And then one thing guys that the jets have done very well this year, compared to a year ago, they have honored their opponent. And when I say that, I mean, they don't look down their nose at a Chicago Blackhawks or an Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you know, they have uh, played well, especially uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. You're right, uh, Loren. It might not have been their best game of the year, but it was easily their most dominant game of the season. Now, Josh Morris, he scored the game-winning goal in Dallas on Friday night, just as he had done Monday night versus Carolina, three more assists last night. So is this the Josh Morris, Morrissey that Kevin Chevaldeoff and company envisioned when they drafted him 13th overall in 2013? Yeah, I would say so, Hitman. Uh, he's uh, he's playing very well. I don't know if you guys have seen the, uh, the reference made on social media. Uh, I've only heard about it. I haven't seen it, but he's being referred to now as Josh Morrissey. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, uh, it, it uh, would be uh, quite a bit early for that. And there are a lot of really, really good defensemen around the National Hockey League. But, you know, Josh is doing it all. I mean, he is uh, playing exceptionally well for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, he's uh, with the three assist performance uh, the other night. He's, uh, you know, certainly moved up to uh, the uh, upper echelon as far as offense is concerned. But it's his defensive play. I mean, he's he's become a 200-foot defenseman. He's always been good defensively. Uh, but uh, now he's uh, uh, right up there as far as uh, defensemen are concerned in, in, in overall scoring. I mean, uh, Eric Carlson. Uh, is the only other defenseman who is leading his team in scoring at this particular time. Uh, and Josh Morrissey is tied for third overall uh, as far as uh, scoring for blue liners are concerned. So 
Hitman, I would say he might even be doing a little better than what Kevin Cheveldayoff and the scouting staff envisioned uh, from that 2004, uh, 2013 draft. I'm super pumped you turned me on to this Norrissey business. Of course, the Norris Trophy for the best defenseman <laughs> yeah. of the year. But that's clever. Josh Norrissey, I like that. And I like having a bit of fun of that because there were a lot of upset people on social media after that Dallas game because Connor Hellebach was, of course, slammed into the goalpost, lost yeah. his mask. He's laid and stretched out on the ice, and then Robertson scores the goal. And, you know, a lot of people thought refs should have dealt with that differently. What, what, what's your overall thoughts on how they dealt with that play? Well, the way the refs dealt with the play was the way that they have to with the way that it's written up. But John Shannon and I had a real healthy debate. Uh, we were on opposite sides of the fence because John said, no, you know, the referees were not wrong. They called it by the letter of the law. Uh, but just because it's a rule, it doesn't mean it's a good one. And that was kind of what Connor Hellebuck talked about the next day. Like he was worried, uh, right, in that moment, he said? Sure he was, yeah, yeah because, he, he, you know, under, under the... Uh, the the letter of the the NHL rule book guys uh, he has to stand up without a face mask on and face a shot from about 20 feet outside of his net uh, and, and that's just simply wrong so you know, I would urge everybody if you, you have an opinion on this uh, to uh, go onto the Jets website go into their video room and listen to what Connor Hallebuck had to say on the day off on Saturday. We, if you missed our pregame show yesterday, uh, we played a lot of that audio. And I have never heard Connor Hellebuck speak so eloquently uh, before. I mean, he's he's a great A, intelligent guy. But man, oh man, like he just addressed it so perfectly as to what needs to be done. And the other thing, too, is it's it's not like he's just complaining and not doing anything about it. He represents the goalies on the competition committee. So he's right in the middle of this. We'll have more on Hockey on Jets at noon. Jets back in action tomorrow against Colorado. We've got to switch from the rink to the pitch, Mr. Moore. Uh, the World Cup, and one of the things, I, I just love listening to soccer uh, play-by-play guys and commentators. Like, every time something good happens, it sounds like it's, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened oh, in the sport. The number of times I came running back into the living room yesterday, <laughs> and then I was like, what? What happened here? Like, nothing? Yeah. And I kept yelling, did someone score? Yeah, because no. like the Canada scores, and one of the commentators that they showed on replay was just, "Oh, Canada! It's this country's moment!" But it was a significant moment that happened yesterday for Team Canada. It, it was, I guess, if you knew what was going to happen for the rest of the game, Brett, he might have said a fleeting moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, we finally have a goal scorer in the World Cup, and it's fitting that it's Alfonso Davies because, of course, uh, he had that golden opportunity early in the Belgium game on the penalty kick and was stopped by the Belgian netminder. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he uh, takes the, the header from Tejan Buchanan and puts it into the back of the net two minutes in, and Canada is up 1-0 on Croatia, and you're thinking, hmm, maybe John Herdman had this right. Uh, but after about the 20-minute mark, uh, Croatia just put it into a gear that Canada couldn't keep up with. So uh, we all know what happened there. And uh, Canada will now play out the group stage uh, on Thursday against Morocco. Uh, but, uh, you know, the fact that our country is there in the World Cup after a 36-year absence. Uh, and, uh, you know, certainly it's not been without controversy. Uh, I think everybody's aware of what John Herdman said right after the 1-0 loss to Belgium. 
when he uh, disrespected Croatia. And I think if John Herdman had to do that all over again, uh, he would, because clearly with the comments of the Croatians after the game, uh, they did not uh, take it uh, very well, uh, what the Canadian manager said about them. So I think that uh, might have... I don't say it would have impacted the final result, but it certainly, uh, I think, helped uh, Croatia uh, keep the pedal to the metal for the entire 90 minutes uh, because, uh, boy, once they took over that game, it was pretty lopsided. I actually am not blaming what he said, but the commentators themselves, because about 14 minutes in, they were going on about Croatia has never lost a second game at the world. I was like, ease up. Like, it's, we're only 14 <laughs> minutes into this. And exactly. So I felt yeah. kind of superstitious at that moment. But I just before we let it go, Kelly, when I move on, on to the other football, which is, of course, the Blue Bombers, and they've made some signings already, key people like Willie Jefferson. How quickly do you think the move will be to make, to lock up as many people as possible from this team? Well, a lot of it depends on what they have left over right. for 2022 because you can uh, spend some of that money before December the 31st, and then it doesn't impact on your cap for 2023. I'm not quite sure where the Bombers sit there, uh, but uh, you know, clearly they had enough money in the till for Zach Kolaris and, and Willie Jefferson. I, and, you know, Pat Newfeld, who always seems to be, uh, once the offseason starts, the first guy to re-sign with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'd say you, know, you could probably uh, look at Stan Stanley Bryant and Adam Bighill as the next uh, next logical candidates uh, uh, to be locked up for 2023. Uh, I, I found it interesting though. Zach resigns for three years, Willie only for one year. So uh, that'll be a question for him for sure when he meets with the media at 11 o'clock this morning. And just very quickly, a big day for Canada in a different sport in tennis, Kelly. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Felix Ojealiasim and uh, Dennis Shapovalov did a great job uh, against Australia in the Davis Cup final. Uh, I think it's fantastic because the needle has been moving upward uh, for tennis in this country. Of course, you know, we have Leila Annie Fernandez, who's doing really well, and, uh, you know, before that, Miss B. So, uh, yeah, I, I, great uh, great for tennis, uh, but I think uh, also that uh, we're, we're starting to, uh, I think, take a little bigger portion of the international stage in that particular sport. And I think that's what's important too, Kelly. You know, in tennis, for example, we know that it helps the next generation of fans get involved. Women's soccer and girls' soccer was on the rise, ever, you know, from, from yeah. the great things the women's soccer team has done. And maybe we'll see the same thing out of this World Cup, right? It might not be the win. The win comes later in life. So thanks for the time, Kelly. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, you know, we had our U15 national champions right, right here in Winnipeg, just the eighth uh, Manitoba team to win a, a national uh, uh, championship for, for their age category. So, yeah, wow. Wow, you guys are making me feel good for a Monday morning. Good, because we felt crummy this morning, Kelly. <laughs> crummy? We were, like, angry at I was angry at Brett for zero reason this morning just because no sleep in life, you know? Well, and Brett was angry at me for breaking his chair over the week. Yeah, he, did, so. he had some choice <laughs> words for you. Uh, he did. Well, I know he, he did. did. Did he, did he, Brett, did he go Brett's bachelor end? No, he, he actually did. I actually woke up to a text, I think. Was it from you, Kelly, about my cabbage rolls? Yeah, they're in the freezer. He brought them, you know, oh. so I should have been more happy this morning. Yeah, there you go. You know, Come I'll forget on, them guys. there until Christmas, but I'll get, get to them. Get happy. CJOB <laughs> Sports Director Kelly Moore joining us live on The Start. Thank you very much, Kelly. Congratulations. 
to Linda Zolendek, who won the tickets for Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra's production of A Celebration of Nations at the Centennial Concert Hall on December 10th. And uh, just a heads up on what the WSO did this weekend. Eve says, we went to the concert hall to watch them play the score alongside the movie Home Alone. Um, I wanted to do that. I thought that would be tremendous. And? Eve says, I must have caught myself 10 times looking away from the screen and looking at the musicians and just being blown away as how good it was. I have seen the WSO do that movie in particular, Home Alone, and it's. I think it's basically going to become a holiday tradition. I think they've done it at least three times mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's honestly. like the Nutcracker is a ballet that you you only see really or want to see around Christmas, and that's Home Alone, obviously. Yeah. But I've been, I've been wanting to get to that ever since they started doing those and just never times out for us. And I think they just recently announced that they're going to do uh, Harry Potter yes. 5. The uh, the Order of the Phoenix because they they used to do those uh, movies but it's been I can't remember the last time they did one they maybe had to press pause because uh, pandemic etc and that one's fun too I'm pretty sure I saw the Prisoner of Azkaban with the symphony mm. so yeah, yeah when they, March they're doing that yeah Harry Potter in March yeah that's a big one so way to go Eve glad you enjoyed the show and we also were talking customer service today oh and by the way eight thirty at nine thirty five Julie Buckingham is going to join us she's got a Great new contest for their show, The News, and uh, it's called Jets for Vets. Details at 9.35. So we're talking about customer service and uh, the the links to which we go to get what we're looking for. Because, get what you're owed. Yeah. Frontier Airlines, they're, they're dumping their phone line. So if you want to contact their customer service, it's all digital. So that got us thinking, like, that could be potentially be a headache. Like, if you can't get someone on the phone and you're not getting what you need, what do you do? Well, Paul has some tips on how to handle yourself, provided you actually get somebody on the line. Paul says, getting what you want after being on hold for hours. One, state you've had a long wait to which the person will say sorry. Right away, you say, you don't have to say you're sorry. This is not your fault. This establishes a non-confrontational rapport with the person you are speaking with. Two, State clearly what the issue is and what compensation you expect, but talk in a conversational tone and never raise your voice. Three, if the person says they are unable to accommodate, say, don't yell, say, there must be some way to resolve this. What else can we do? Every time I've done this, they either do indeed provide some kind of compensation Mm. or tell you how to do so. This has never failed me. They are getting many angry calls and they appreciate someone who treats them with respect. It's a great first point there, too, because I think when you're left on hold for a long time or something goes wrong, you, your instinct is to be annoyed with the very first person that speaks to you. Yeah. And so that whole them saying sorry and you, you saying to them it's not your fault is a great point. Like as if that person – unless we think the person on the other end of some sort of call center is seeing the calls come in and being like, I'm just going to – Go for a walk and then have some spaghetti before I take these 17 calls. Like, I don't, that's not really what's happening 99% of the time. They're not staffed properly or they don't have the equipment to deal with what their needs are. But if you say, I I get it, man, you're just doing your job. Yeah, because I've worked in call centers where every single person who called was angry from the start because they've been on hold for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. 90 minutes, two hours. Do you know how long I've been waiting? Uh, two and a half hours? Yeah! Like, uh, sorry. 
sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't like just go to Mexico and come back, put the phone on hold, and then take like a week-long vacation. That's not what's happening. Yeah. So, and then Bill in Missouri with another suggestion on what to do. Bill says, I've always found the most effective method of complaint is a letter or email to the CEO. The company's annual report has all the contact info. It's unlikely the CEO will ever see the letter, but their executive assistant will, and they will usually reply immediately, and voila, matter resolved. Hmm. So but going straight to the top. Going to the top, yes. I, I could see that the like your executive assistant might deal with that, but it also just feels like that's time-consuming, and then you have to wait. You know, like If the email goes through, that's one thing, but a letter, like an actual letter... I don't know if I'd have the patience for that. And it kind of reminds me of the why. Like, why do I have to go all the way to the top to get something simple fixed? It might be just a $20 fix. When I was getting my passport back in the spring and had that trip looming and was so nervous that we weren't going to get our passports, and I called and someone said, you know, people are having good luck by calling their MP. And I'm like, I have to call my MP? And then he's going to call, what, you? Like, is this not the same <laughs> Like, I don't understand. I'm making the phone call. How does that expedite it at all? Does he does he have a printer in his basement? Is he printing out passports? <laughs> no, seriously. I, didn't, I don't understand why that would have to be the way that has to go. But people will say that can be an effective means. But it seems like a long way to go around. The same reason, you know, counselors get a ton of complaints. People are calling them for whatever reason might be. And then they call the city and they get some answers. And it's like, once again, why is it when they call that get the answer. Shouldn't we all be treated with the same level? Yeah. I think it, this is a completely unrelated, but it, it, it's it's another instance of how far I tried to go to resolve a situation. And uh, I was in Las Vegas years ago, 10 years ago. We were staying at the MGM Grand, massive hotel, and our flight arrived early. But, of course, check-in wasn't until 3 p.m. So mm-hmm. they, if you want, they, they, you can check in, and then they take your bags and they put them away. Right until you come back at 3 o'clock to access your room. So they they came back with my then-girlfriend's stuff and my carry-on bag, but not my suitcase. They couldn't find it. So he went back and looked again, still couldn't find it. And he says, why don't you come back and, and maybe we can find it. And I thought, oh, okay, this will be no problem because I put a multicolored ribbon on my mm-hmm. black suitcase. It, it should be, it should stick out. You know the, that room at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. where the, they bring the wooden crate yes. into a room with like 40,000 wooden crates? Well, that's honestly what it was like. It was like, imagine walking into Costco and it's all black suitcases. Yes, and like th- a warehouse of your suitcase. <laughs> so, but none of them are your suitcase. We looked for half an hour. So I'm sure my you know, at the time my girlfriend was probably wondering, like, what is going on? And I think... Uh, I would have stayed, but I think the guy eventually just said, like, I got to go, man. Mm-hmm. So just leave it with me and I'll I'll find it. It's here. I'll find it. I just don't know where it is. I'm sorry. He ended up finding it like 20 minutes later. Did that perspective help you in the sense of, like, you felt sorry? You understand why it took so long? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, it, is this a magical room? What's behind that door then if there's 7,000 suitcases in here? Yeah. I mean, it was neat to see it. Like, oh, my God. Macro, they've got a lot of storage here. And my next uh, suitcase was purple. Yes. So. <laughs> I, I intentionally got like a shiny silver one yeah. uh, last year because I thought at least it'll sparkle in the, <laughs> not sparkle, but you know, like as my previous one was black and it would be just, you'd be lifting up, lifting up everybody's suitcase, reading the name, not yours. Yeah. Yeah.
204-780-6868. The lengths to which you've gone to get your customer service situation resolved. And so many great stories, as always. And we're, we're going with Julie. As our winner, she wins the Canadian's Winter Wonderland Pass at Red River Exhibition Park because this, the lengths, it's it's long. So, Loren, start us off here. Well, because she waited a long time for a resolution. So, Julie says, our tabletop ice maker broke after seven months, clearly still under warranty. The number one I called only allowed me to leave a message. The callback several days later said they would email instructions. We set the machine up, took pictures, emailed all the requested information. Eventually, they responded saying that they needed a video. I wrote asking, well, how long do you require that I film this machine not working? So I do it. Another week, I get the information where to mail my broken machine and the caveat that the mailing it in would be at our expense. It took three weeks of writing, trying to call to get the next answer. If the machine was not fixable and it wasn't our fault, it would be repaired or replaced at their expense, including the return shipping. So it would only cost us $45 to ship it to BC. I went to the post office with the package, mailing label printed, cut and pasted from their email to me. There was no such address. I called the warranty company in Toronto from the post office. First call, useless. Second call put me on hold. And then finally, with the help of the wonderful Canada Post worker, we determined that the address that I had been sent by this company had two numbers switched. So I mailed a package, says Julie, and I obtained the receipt and tracking info. Although it was delivered, I got no acknowledgement from the company and started asking. We will let you know when we have information. Two more weeks. They say, please send a copy of the post office receipt and tracking information. No response until I asked again. They say, the tracking shows that you received the package on 22 October 2020. So I'm like, no, I explained, you are reading it backwards. That is when Canada Post received it at the Winnipeg Depot. Another week, and they deny that and declare they never got it. So I began sending messages, cut and pasted and commented upon, highlighted to show the date and time and progress to no avail. In late December, they declared the case was closed. I thought about it a while and then posted scathing reviews on Amazon and Google, warning others and declaring I would never buy another thing warrantied by their company. Three weeks later, I received a check for the purchase amount. I gave up fighting for the postage, though. And it was, by the way, a major appliance manufacturer who wanted nothing to do with my complaint about the warranty company. Gets back to what I was saying about how I was so annoyed with the flight on this low-cost carrier that... They were blaming the online people for the problem who weren't working for that company. It's like, I don't care. You have hired somebody to do the work for you. They are part of your company, whether it's in name or not. And then the second point, again, why does someone have to resort to complain on social media to get answers? Yeah. So, hey, thanks for your story, Julie. Like what happened years ago with no, you know, TripAdvisor or like consumer reviews. Or Yelp and stuff like that. Like did word of mouth not like. I don't know. Yelp. <laughs> I never, I've never used Yelp. No, me either. Okay. But yeah, hey, great stories as always. Thank you so much for participating. Congratulations, Julie. Enjoy Canadian's Winter Wonderland. And coming up after Global News at 9.30, Julie Buckingham, co-host of the news, is going to join us to tell us about a special contest they're doing this week on their show called Jets for Vets. Let's talk to a different host here because our friend and colleague, Richard Cluche, has described his co-host as the contest queen. And this week, she's got something extra special on the news. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. on CJOB. So we, of course, are joined now by Julie Buckingham. Good morning, Julie. 
Hi, good morning, everybody. And by the way, I have proof that I'm the contest queen. Um, Sky Neller is producing your show today, and she cross-stitched a very large ornament for me that indeed says contest queen. Like, oh, in, like in an award. Yes. Oh, if I, I never thought of putting it around my neck. You should. This as, is a solid idea. As in the side, Sky cross-stitching. Julie, I'm going to get you a chain and you can wear it like Flava Flav. Yes! <laughs> like a clock! <laughs> yeah. Yes! yes. <laughs> Please do. That's, that's how it's intended to be. That's gift part two. And just walk around, like, just rolling with that thing, Julie. Okay, so you and, are... And I just foolishly have been putting it in front of a light. <laughs> yeah, you fool! You could have worn it like a championship belt. <laughs> like Errol Hulk Hogan. Yes. We could have music every time you walk in the building and you could, like, flash that thing. I love it. Oh, the the contest queen. This is, this is what I came here for, Julie. So... You sent out this email and we all instantly said, great idea. Tell our listeners what your plan is. We are getting to give away Winnipeg Jets tickets to Armed Forces Night, which is December 6th against the Florida Panthers. So I'm calling it Jets for Vets because I know that some tickets and and some season ticket holders donate theirs and they give them however they find the veterans or service members to be in the building. And so that's what I'd like our listeners to do. So if you know a veteran or a service member that you would like to take to the game or you would like to give them both tickets, I just want you to email me and tell me about them. Just julie at cjob.com. You can just tell me about them. You can send me a picture of them. You can write a haiku. I don't care. It's just about telling us about what their service has meant to you and why you'd like to send them to Armed Forces Night, which I think is uh, a great way to recognize Canada's service members for what they do. I grew up in a military family. My dad was a member of the Armed Forces, so I grew up and was actually born a Canadian Armed Forces base in Trenton, Ontario. We also lived in Cold Lake, Alberta. We didn't move around a whole lot, but lots of families that do, and so I know that they're really important parts of our community and there's a great military history in this city. And so just wanted to recognize that. Did you request this game as a prize for your show? Like when you saw that it was Canadian Armed Forces Night, did you throw your name, sort of name in the ring and say, hey, can we get that uh, those tickets, please? Nope. That just happened. Just a fluke. Just a fluke. And so when I saw it, I was like, <gasps> and then... And Sky will attest to this. Sometimes, like, the concept of a contest comes first, sometimes the name. And I was like, oh, cool, Jets for Vets. And then I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I want to make sure that we give these Jets tickets to a vet. So that's how it all came about. But, yeah, just just random. In your email to the newsroom, just to let us know you were doing this, Julie, you used the th- phrase, I'm an Army brat, and then you explain brat. And I always just thought brat was like, you're a brat because you've just been around the base for a long time. It's an, is, is it actually an acronym that you used? It is, an, it is an acronym. So it's born, raised, and transferred. So B-R-A-T. That's where it comes from. And I, there's even pins. Uh, I believe my sister bought some brat pins at um, CFB Moose Jaw, maybe at the, at the Can-X, or as we used to call it, the BX. There's uh, the, the store on the base. So yeah, B-R-A-T, born, raised, and transferred. What does the X stand for? In, in Kandahar, we called it the PX, I think. The X, oh, what the heck does the we X call, mean? We called it um, the BX, as in the base exchange. You just meant the store. Maybe it was B and I was supposed to be using when I called it B. <laughs> I probably had this wrong. 
I'm going to double check with some other people. <laughs> but so obviously, you know, the, the word brat, if you call somebody a brat, typically that's not something that you should be worn with any sort of right. pride. But I would imagine in this particular case, it's the opposite. It is something that you, you like, even now you reference those pins that if you had that pin, that's a pin you would wear with pride, that you're a brat. Oh, abs- absolutely. And, and I think that... You know, as as I said, we were only, um, and this is, I, I don't know, Loren, if you know this, but my parents met at Rivers, and there was an Air Force base at Rivers. Mm-hmm. So my dad originally was born in, in Montreal, and his family was in southern Ontario. But he was at CFB Rivers, Manitoba, where he met my mom. And we only, because of his trade, his trade was aero engine, so my dad fixed airplanes. And so there weren't as many bases that they could be transferred to. So that's why we didn't move a whole lot. You kind of were Trenton, Cold Lake, Bagotville, places like that. Um, but other families, I know um, the people that used to live next door to my parents, His, he was air traffic control and they have, uh, it's made out of wood and it was just like, home is wherever the Air Force sends us, right? And then they have all the plaques of all of the places they lived. And right now they're in Germany. Mm. Before that, they were in England. Before that, they were in California. Before that, they were in Winnipeg. So, and and the list is very, very long. They would move every two years. So families do that. They uproot their lives and and your family becomes the military. And so it's it's just a really great way to to connect with people and to to share that. So if you're wearing that pin or you're you know you're wearing something that somebody else recognizes, it's kind of that cue like, hey, been there, done that. So um and I know that the the military family resource center is a, is a really big part of people's lives because you know, imagine it's tough when you move parts of the city and you got to find a new dentist and a new hairdresser. And now you're doing that every two years in a place that you may not be familiar with. So um, the military is like a big family. And I have a brother or sorry, a nephew uh, who is now air traffic control mm-hmm. and he's stationed at Cornwall. So the condition, the tradition continues in our family of, of service. And, and we really would like to recognize that not just November 11th, but it's something we live all year long. In fact, my parents just moved and we found my dad's, one of my dad's service hats. And um, it's a pretty special item that we're all like, okay, who's going to look after the hat? So um, it's a cool tradition. It's a great thing that, that not just the Jets, but but the Blue Bombers celebrate military appreciation or Armed Forces Night. And it, it's a great way to see these people because often you don't see them coming and going. Like I lived on a base, but here... I have a neighbor down the street that's in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and and you wouldn't necessarily know that they are. Um, so it's a great way to, to, and I can't wait to see the building filled with with all the service members. It's going to be great. Well, it's always a great night, and it's a great thing you're doing, Julian. You've made a good point. You know, you often think of the services in the places the soldiers or the Air Force members go, and not thinking about all the places they go in between. That they're called to duty or they're called to action. So I think that's a that's tremendous right. point. We have a listener just texted now. Their mom and dad met in Rivers also. My grandfather oh. was a carpenter on the base. The name is Garnet Smith. So there you go. Lots well, of Rivers connections. Well, if you know Ron Buckingham, that's my dad. So isn't that cool? CFB Rivers. And it's, you know, it's long gone. You'd never know it's there. But it's 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 pretty special. As you see, the PMQs, as we call them, uh, come down along Keniston. Um, you know, it's 
it's important to see that progress being made, but at the same time, I think, oh, geez, I lived in a PMQ just like that. It's pretty cool. What's a PMQ? What's a PMQ? PMQ is, um, it's like the military housing that families live mm. in. Okay. Uh, military quarters. I, I don't know if it, P is permanent. I'm not sure. Private, but permanent. I only, because I Googled oh, yeah. it. Private. Oh, no, someone said permanent. You know, permanent again, I don't have the answer for this question. Why am I weighing in? <laughs> like, why am I pretending that I have any knowledge here? Julia would be permanent and or private <laughs> and or partial housing. <laughs> uh, so, Julia, are you going to be at this game? I, I really hope so. I don't have tickets, but um, I I hope to go because it's it's something that it's I don't know. And and you think about crappie being mm-hmm. at those games and and you seeing him up in the the jumbotron when he would when he would salute. That's what it's all about. And you know we don't think about the number of times that you know the service members are away from their families. At Christmas time, and now's the time you'll start to see that you can, you know, send a Christmas card to somebody who's serving for free through the mail. You'll you'll see those addresses popping up, and and you know, hopefully, you just think about those families that that say, you know, see you later, mom or dad, and they're gone for six months, you know, or others that again pick up their whole families and take them uh, to Europe or other parts of the world. So, I, I hope to be there. So, but in the meantime, we want to send people the to the game so julie at cjob.com thank you we appreciate this julie oh thank you for giving me the time i really appreciate it and um loran it's time to brush up on those military personnel someone else has texted it also (laughs) means like well come on people and then the px is an american thing bx was canadian so i i'm guessing the px store in kandahar was run by Americans, but I was wrong uh, on all three fronts so far. So let's just keep. That it doesn't going. matter, and and even though I'm a I'm a proud uh, Air Force gal, you know you can still enter if they were in the army. It's fine. <laughs> no impartiality the there. The show is called The News. It's on from 3 until 6 with Julie Buckingham and co. And you can email julie at cjob.com about a service member that you would like to see get the tickets for Canadian Armed Forces Night, which is Tuesday, December 6th at Canada Life Centre, Winnipeg Jets, taking on the Florida Panthers. Julie, thanks for giving us a heads up on this great idea. Another great contest. A salute to you all. Thanks. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Let's say hello to the host of Connecting Winnipeg, Hal Anderson. Hi, Hal. Good morning. Good morning. I was just saying to Jackie the other day, you know what we need on CJOB? We need a good segment on military acronyms. And she went, you know what? You're right, Hal. Maybe you should. <laughs> you guys, that was really interesting, listening to you and Julie talk about the uh, military acronyms. Anyhow. They're, they're crazy. I remember someone doing a full story on that. They worked for Global and it was back in peacekeeping times. And I believe they had gone to hmm. then Serbia and they did a full two minute story. And it was hilarious because if you're not yeah. in the army, you're standing there like, where's the washroom? And it has a special acronym. And like, where's the <laughs> weapons section? But there's an acronym and you're just walking around. I need the PLQ, the WKM for a WII. And it's like, what? 
I made that all up, but you know. Right. And who knew Brat? I didn't know Brat stood for anything, but it does. So it's anyhow, it's interesting. You learn something every morning with you guys. So I oh, probably sure. listen all morning long. I set my alarm for five fifty five so I can hear Jeff do the news at six and that was that's a sleep in day for me and I've been sleeping in too much. I've got to get more motivated. We'll try and motivate uh, you uh, to carry on your morning here on CGOB with us connecting Winnipeg coming up right after the news at 10 o'clock. Cyber Monday, I've been snooping around online. There are some deals out there, no question about it. Um, this is the day or the beginning of when they mark everything down, they say. We'll talk to a, a Cyber Monday expert early on in the show. Janice Lukes last week, she's a, the city councilor for Waverly West, she said uh, to actually Rich and Julie, on the news that she's never been more optimistic with this new mayor and council. I'm curious that I'll play the audio of Janice and then I want to hear from you. Are you more optimistic? She says she's never been more optimistic, but are you more optimistic with this new mayor and city council? We'll get your thoughts on that. We're going to talk to an advocate for Winnipeg's homeless, Al Weeb, after that encampment fire. Sean Jeffrey is going to join us from the Manitoba Restaurant and Food Services Association. He pitched an idea to me the other day, and it's great. Phone etiquette, especially when we're in a restaurant. And this got us talking big time on our morning news meeting this morning, so I think we'll... Uh, that's coming up after the news at 11 o'clock. And we're going to talk to the owner of a maze in Corn. I believe today they start making the snow for the snow maze just south of Winnipeg. Clinton Massey will join us. All that and much more coming up here right after the news at 10 on Connecting Winnipeg. We had some people today say how that customers are getting worse. Uh, do you think that that's just because like, this sort of ties into some stuff we talked about last week, especially when you mentioned phone etiquette? Do you think a lot of us have just forgotten how to behave ourselves properly over the last maybe. couple of years? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Now, listen, nobody should be abusing anybody, but I also kind of feel if you're if you have an issue and you're you're grumpy and you're a customer, um, no, again, nobody should be abused, but. If I'm a little grumpy because I'm not happy about my customer service, that customer service person is being paid to deal with my complaint, my concern, and to some degree, my grumpiness. It's so, literally in their title. Right. <laughs> I, and and I, I get it. I hear you. We, we need to be nice to everybody. Sure. But there are times when, hey, it's your job. I'll tell you, every day in my job, I deal with things that I do not like, and that's called having a job. Yep. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. You just got to yep. try to take it, take it and find the positive, find the bright side. And I get sometimes people can just be having a bad day. Yep. You know, right. I have them, right? It was, we just talked about good days and bad days. And so mm-hmm. when they're reacting a certain way, that just might be a bad day for them. That's a tough job. Yeah. I'd like to follow yeah. Brett around in the customer service experience, <laughs> like at a call center. I wish, I wish I knew Brett of 20 years ago at the call well, center. Well, Brett talks about uh, his time at... Uh, um, oh, what's the taco place you used to work Taco with? Bell. Taco Bell. And my wife, Jackie, I believe was your supervisor, right? Yeah. Wasn't she? Or... Oh, yeah. And, I mean, even there are times when I hear Brett talk about Taco Bell, and I, I look over at Jackie, and she smiles, and she goes, oh, you, if you only knew <laughs> some of the stuff that went on at that Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I'm, surpri- I, I'm surprised I'd lasted there for five years. Jackie had good reason to fire me multiple times. <laughs> 
for my awful customer service. Well, knowing Jackie, she should have been fired many times, too. But oh, you guys you all stuck together, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> she was indeed pretty sassy. I, she was scary, man. I did not. I, yep. I feared Scares Jackie. the hell out of me every day. I'm married to her for 10 years. She scares the hell out of me every day. Is she on vacation or something and can't listen She's right out now? of the house right now, but I guarantee you she's listening, oh, and I'll no. hear about this later. Oh, no. Al Anderson is the host of Connecting Winnipeg. He's on from 10 until 12, and that's all the time we've got. McGarry, McNabb, Mackling's off today. Producer Sky and Forte, great job the last few days, Sky. Always fun working with you. And thank you for listening to The Start on CJOB 